0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bookstabber, a podcast where two knuckleheads read a book and we argue about it a little bit as to whether or not it was actually any good or not. My name is Willow Payne. Two
1: literary brown dwarfs argue about it. I'm Gene Ambaum. Hi. <laughs>
0: you can find our work uh, together at librarycomic.com and my personal work
1: at hauntedskull.com. Hauntedskull.com. Check it out. It's... Uh... Skinless and soon-to-be boneless, is that fair? Uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Tails, tails Depends
0: depends on when this airs.
1: I, um, I, I, the reason I'm not going to be able to stop laughing now is that you cut off my, my piss-poor explanation of astronomy. <laughs> and yes, we restarted the sweet, cap. Sweet. Hey. <laughs> you had some idea that we were going to start with, with uh, explaining what we're going to do. Why don't you do that?
0: I, I did a little bit. Uh, this is a podcast where... We we read a book. Uh, in this episode, we have read the book uh, "What Moves the Dead" by T. Kingfisher, and uh, we give a little bit of a summary of the book, and we talk about wh- how, what our thoughts were, whether we liked it, whether it worked for us, whether we would recommend this to other people,
1: and generally, generally, and, and, and generally, but not always, you assassinate the book. Is that is that fair?
0: I, I am the stabber of books. I am the, <laughs> I leave a wake of them in my path. I'm the book masseuse. Books we, <laughs> fall before me. We we're going
1: to call the, the, we were going to call the, uh, the podcast book masseuse, but that, that was taken. So. G-
0: yes. Gene is the hospitalier of books. It, tries to uh, revitalize them after I. <laughs> <got>
1: them. <laughs> so the, the important thing is we're going to spoil the heck out of this book. Uh, this is a short book. We highly recommend you just go read it now uh, before you listen to this. Um, and uh, I think we start with a uh, a brief summary. Do you want to give the pitch for this book, or, or should I?
0: Sure. No, I think I can do this one. I'm excited. Uh, all right. What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Just a couple is, sentences. A uh, couple
1: sentences now. Here we go. Go. An
0: imaginative retelling of the Edgar Allan Poe story, The Fall of the House of Usher, uh, in which a non-binary protagonist uh tries to figure out what is making their friend madeline usher unwell (laughs) as has the forces of nature uh seem to mysteriously conspire against them is that accurate would you say yeah yeah in a a
1: falling down house uh with a lot of fungus around how's that
0: (laughs) yeah if you if you're a big fan of fungus, fungus uh i guess I guess I would recommend it on, on, that, <laughs> on that note.
1: Particularly your, your meteor varieties, meteor-looking varieties of fungus, the stinkier <laughs> varieties. Uh, I would also, if I was book-talking this to eighth graders, I would say uh, it has has the word arse in it at least twice, which is... Did it? I, I forgot. All, all they would need to know. Um, I think it's worth noting that uh, T. Kingfisher is the pen name. Of Ursula Vernon, uh, and Ursula Vernon has written a bunch of kids' books, which I've read several of uh, with my daughter uh, when she was younger. Uh, the Dragon Breath series, the Hamster Princess books, and is also Kingfisher uh, as Vernon also is a uh, Hugo Award winner for the webcomic Digger, which is about a uh, a wombat. I think it's been a while since I've read any Digger. Vernon's most celebrated novel, uh, I think, as Kingfisher, is a book called The Twisted Ones. Uh, which won a lot of awards in 2020. So that's it. Uh, hey, hey, can you tell me about The Fall of the House of Usher? I haven't reread it in a while, and I'm going to be honest. I sat down to yep. reread it, and uh, I just can't stand Poe anymore. I just, at, at all, like, uh, it bugs me. And I, right. I, wish, I, wish, it was, so- I wish I was more <laughs> attracted to it. I'm attracted to the idea of Poe, but yeah.
0: I'm glad we're starting with this. So I'm a huge Edgar Allan Poe fan. Edgar Allan Poe is actually one of my favorite authors of all time. My, fa- I would say, my, easily my favorite poet uh, out of all poets. The Fall of the House of Usher is not a story that I'm a big fan of. I, I, I actually think it's pretty weak for for Edgar Allan Poe. So. The premise of it is pretty simple. Uh, an unnamed protagonist goes to visit his old friend Roderick Usher, which is true to the to this reimagining, except that the protagonist now has a name and a backstory. You know, it's a, it's mostly just pure. It, like I have the text in front of me right now. It's a lot of description, and it's not particularly good description. I'm just you know, obviously anyone listening as can go read it read it for themselves. You probably read it in high school at some point if you're American. And it it has a lot of bad description in that it like instead of describing why the house is scary, he just kind of says that the house is scary, but using period appropriate language. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of I, I do think there are some things that are interesting about this story especially in comparison to this retelling. But over the course of the story, um, it, it's all very, I don't want to call it magical realism because that's a very specific literary thing, and this is before that and of a different culture, obviously. Um, but there, like the events of the story, The Fall of the House of Usher... Unlike this new story, which kind of comes with a science fiction premise as to why anything is happening, the original story really doesn't. It is kind of a vague fantasy wherein the the, the two ushers, uh, uh, Madeline and Roderick, they just kind of are victims of this existential dread that is you know they die mysteriously due to a flashing light and the destruction of their of their house which is you know has a lot of metaphor to do with um european aristocracy and and sort of the collapsing of the old ways that that can no longer support themselves due to years of you know Mm -hmm. uh social economic unrest and and incestuous inbreeding to to support the aristocracy like there's there's a lot of interesting stuff in there but the story is just kind of about that in a in a vague way without a lot of specifics if that makes sense
1: yeah and and, and what what is, what is the end of the fall of the house of usher like like does the house co- collapse i mean i'm just trying to remember like like how it yes is.
0: uh it, it 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 is very literal the house does collapse inward on itself uh whilst the 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 tarn the lake uh that it is adjoined to uh glows with a magical white light that Ooh. is i is never explained
1: <laughs> hey can, can you tell me what a tarn is i know it's it's like a it's like a water feature carved out by a glacier is that basically all it is i
0: think so i think if it were not for the short story the word tarn would completely have vanished from english vernacular well the word tarn uh, is a huge, yeah, has a
1: huge presence in this story in this in this novella what moves the dead
0: i'm uh i i've googled tarn and uh google image i think is doing a good job of explaining conceptually what it is that it is basically uh, a la- a small lake in a valley between uh mountains so that it's it, it's it is not a river uh it just kind of is formed where there is a depression i know that's basically
1: every lake but it is sort i think <laughs> well it's, it's not because some lakes are, it, are formed by by rivers or or whatnot right or by dams but this one but... right
0: these ones are not connected to anything um and they are nearby some valley slash hills that the water would roll down into
1: presumably okay so i guess i guess that's
0: why it's carved
1: by a by a glacier like a glacier presumably came down just just chucked it out
0: yeah i mean that makes sense
1: i don't know okay so 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 uh so it's based on that story and um let's see i don't even know where to start so 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 this book starts with easton alex easton lieutenant alex easton correct uh approaching the very
0: first thing that happens is about to kick a big mushroom and then the aunt
1: of beatrix potter Potter who we don't find out stops and says
0: says oh don't kick that mushroom it'll smell bad let me hit it with my stick instead hold on to
1: your horses Here we go, <laughs> this crazy old lady. Yeah. What, what is her name? Eugenia. Eugenia Potter. And uh, correct. And she hits it, and it just smells. But but so so the 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 mushroom is the first sentence of the book, which is uh, nice. <laughs> right. The mushrooms' gills were the deep red color of severed muscle, the almost violet shade that contrasts so dreadfully with the pale pink of viscera. <laughs> well, I guess mushrooms are going to be a big deal here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, well, it, when when that was first described, I thought like, okay, we're just looking for some creepy imagery. I had no idea going into this, uh, spoilers, that this entire damn story was going to be about mushrooms and fungi in the way that it is, which uh, I'm a little disappointed by.
1: Well, in, and, in, in the note afterwards, uh, Kingfisher says that basically there was a lot of, of fungal imagery in the original and that she basically took...
0: Ha- having, ha- Having recently read it, uh, that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I,
1: I, I disagree. Well, th- th- um, the, th- they're, they're... Things, the things I love about Easton, uh, Easton is Galician, uh which is, uh, Galicia is uh, some land somewhere on the continent, I assume. Uh, she, it describes it, as, they describe it as home to a stubborn, proud, fierce people who are also absolutely piss-poor warriors. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: there's a, I don't know how to feel about that whole part of it, honestly. Well, the whole, but, the whole language it's... is weird,
1: because, like, there, there's seven sets of pronouns, and there's, one of those mm-hmm. specifically is used for soldiers, which is Ka and Khan. Um, right. And, and, and I like that, because... We get to see that Easton is is non-binary, right? Without without ever having to say it. Would would you is that, is that, well, how, is that how you would describe it? I mean, n- no,
0: because because uh, because Easton does have to say it. Like, there's an entire chapter devoted to I'm explaining why a non-binary person is in 1800s Europe. And you know, if this, I, like, I I this is part of the problem. I am conflicted about this because I do want non-binary protagonists in my in my stories mm-hmm. and. You know, and and part of me thinks like if it was ancient Greece, I wouldn't care. Part of me thinks if this was a, like a pure fantasy. I mean, it is a fantasy, but it's a historical fantasy based off of a a an existing fantasy story that is set in the real world by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so, th- so there's a there's a lot to unpack here, and and I don't really know how to feel about it because on one hand, I do I do want some version of this, but I don't feel satisfied with the presentation that I'm seeing here for a number of reasons. Interesting. Well, um, one of which is that the, the invention of this country and of this, uh, European soldier cast of non, you know, the, the, that are they've renounced gender as part of soldierdom which isn't so much explicit as implied that's that's an interesting idea i think it might be an interesting science fiction idea i think it feels incredibly out of place in a retelling of the fall of the house of usher <laughs> well
1: well no because uh, yeah, it,
0: yeah. it really t- it really like because the book literally stops for a while for the narrator to explain this concept to us and part of the thing that i was rubbing that was rubbing me wrong about it was the whole time i was like well okay Okay, if this is happening, like this is gonna have to have some big payoff by the end of the book, wherein like there's a reason our protagonist is non-binary or or it relates to the central metaphor of the story. Mm-hmm. That and there is a little bit of a payoff, but it's not one that I think is actually good. In fact, I I don't I don't know how um, this author identifies. I don't I don't know anything about them uh, beyond what you've told me, which d- did not include any relevant gender information.
1: Let me look up, let me look it up so but
0: I was describing the the thing to some friends and I I was not the only person who said oh wow that sounds like, a lot like othering non-binary identities as non-human uh you know to some extent by the end of it and that was my initial reaction as well
1: I, th- I think Vernon uses uh she her but I'm but like there's no note that I can see okay on her on her site and her Wikipedia page refers to she her Throughout this novel,
0: there's a couple. It's not a big cast of characters. There's a few characters. So the first one we meet is this Eugenia Potter, who uh, I think originally calls Easton uh, Mister, uh, and she's she's English, and and Easton says well, just call me Lieutenant because you English all need some kind of title <laughs> to call people by. Right, right, right. And so 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 Potter calls calls uh, Easton Lieutenant for the rest of the of the book we meet this American doctor who is not in the original story, but is supposed to be another friend of the ushers who, this is sort of the initial thing of the, oh, the American comes in, he's like Texan or something. Yeah. yeah, And he doesn't know anything other than he and she. And so immediately misgenders Easton. And then the, the ushers who are longtime friends and have some relationship to Galatia. They, they're like, oh, you we're I'm so sorry that, this, so this is part of the thing that uh, is weird is because we're kind of creating a weird... We're creating an alternate history in which, uh, like, this non-binary people exist and have their own special set of pronouns and their own language and their own history. And then we're acting as if other people... Like, it's kind of a straw man argument. And then we're forcing, may, writing a scenario in which that person gets misgendered. But, like, how would we know that in... If if this were a real fleshed out world, how would we know that the uh Civil War doctor wouldn't know of Galatia and know of the soldier cast with their special pronouns, right? How would we know that the, the British wouldn't be respectful of that as well? Like Well, I
1: how I, would I well, I, wh- I think I think everybody is fairly respectful. Like 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 Denton is kind of a buffoon, the doctor, uh James Denton. He doesn't he doesn't get it. And then what he does, he's not like an asshole about it, right? I mean I mean he- I know, but it's um but but I, I agree with what you just said. I'm not I'm not trying to disagree. But 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 I think that I think that he's he's written as being very buffoonish. Like uh, he was like he he's he's not even a real Civil War not even a real doctor. He's just kind of a guy in the Civil War who hacked off limbs with a saw. It sounds like you, you know what I mean.
0: Well, but that's but that is what being a doctor was for hundreds of years. Yeah, but that's but, not but, inaccurate. But
1: but but Vernon has a great sense of fun with him. Like um, when he's first introduced, he's described as like standing with his legs wide and elbows out so that he takes up like too much space (laughs) and that's because he's american right it's very funny like i just i was like oh there's there's bits of of humor in here um i yeah well which is also interesting because
0: um big girl poe an american who a lot of his work is sort of dealing with these european gothic literary notions you know being in a country that is that is removed from them so it's kind of interesting that we're going that we're approaching this like the original fall of the house of usher obviously does take place you know somewhere in europe because no house like that existed in the americas at the time yeah yeah uh that you know no no ancient aristocratic uh noble family
1: hey can i I, I ask you does easton ever explain why why easton became a soldier i was trying to remember uh because there's a point where well, when they... Easton's giving that background, which I which I also which I don't think is cl- as clumsy as you think it is about the about the ka, kan pronouns and uh, how at one point when uh, Galicia was in need of soldiers, a woman just came down and was like, "I'm going to be a soldier now." And there's nothing in the books that says uh, women can't become Ka-Kan. Right. Kan. Um,
0: Right. And, and, well, but, and then, so, but
1: Easton says basically people like there are people who really don't want to be women and that's the best option. But then there are people who want to get out of the mountains and eat twice a week. And and then uh, Easton says and then there's me. But I couldn't remember what what Easton's story was if it went beyond that. Do, do you remember?
0: I'm I'm not objecting to like the idea that that women would go to war. That makes perfect sense. There's a lot of historical precedent of women going to war. There's a lot of historical precedent of women going to war dressed as men or pretending to be men um, for the purposes of going to war. There are plenty of historical transgender men who did everything in their power to escape, you know... Mm -hmm the traditional uh women's roles and went on to marry women and live successful lives as men which is you know all huge success stories in my opinion some of those people probably were non-binary right uh sure there's a lot of there's a lot of non-binary erasure throughout history especially in a in a in any christian society in you know that is non-accepting that doesn't have uh traditional third genders or just anything other than male female i'm all i'm all for that i'm not i'm i'm and and to answer your original question i don't think there is any address of as to why easton became a soldier okay um which that's another thing is because i like so easton is a bit of just it like exists as a narrator um I couldn't tell you much about Easton as a person, except that they they are opinionated. Part of me, this is part of the thing that I don't know whether to use they them pronouns or if right, I right, should put right. the effort into. I don't know if I should put the effort into saying Ka had con opinion. <laughs> this is my this is
1: my problem talking about this book too. Yes, I'm glad you're having the same issue.
0: I, I admit I I admit that uh, I don't have any personal friends who have neo pronouns and so I've never uh been in a situation where I've used one. They and them is very easy for me. Well, I, I think um, we should
1: go with they them because because otherwise we're just going to drive ourselves uh, a little insane here.
0: Sh- sure, sure. Um so <laughs> but um yeah, no, the idea of the of these, you know, and, and which it <sighs> That's the thing. There's a lot to unpack. That
1: it, it, we 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 could talk about this part all day. I guess well, in, in unpacking, me, it, I, just it want say, I want to say I really enjoyed this book. I, I, I think I you know sure. I mean, I mean I mean I did enjoy it. I don't think it hinges on on Easton's Easton's pronouns, but it does hinge on Easton's no. point of view. And I, I assume that when I'm when I'm reading these descriptions of everything, I'm seeing things through Easton's eyes because that's Easton is our protagonist. And so when I I, I assume when I, I'm seeing these things about James Denton that i'm seeing even though it's not first person per se i'm seeing the world through easton's eyes and and this is this is what happens like like when the when the mansion is described as the whole place felt like a hangover I, i i that's easton right like the whole the whole of the house of usher feels like a hangover that's easton um just as but it's more clearly easton when when she approaches roderick or when they approach roderick when um who who I think Roderick and Easton I think they went to war together, is that correct? They were in the army together or something, and uh, right and and uh, and uh, Roderick just looks like crap, and Easton says, uh, "Usher, you look like you've been dragged ass arse first through hell." Like I love that. Like they were soldiers together. Like, well,
0: it's very funny. A- actually, okay, this is actually a, a greatly confusing point because. In this novel, I, I it feels like no matter what book we read, I always find some huge plot hole. Uh-huh. Th- this is, this is a big plot hole, and I'm not I didn't realize it until you just pointed it out here. So the Ushers and Easton, uh, they they've known each other since early childhood. Right, right. Rod- Roderick and Easton did both serve in some unnamed war together i think that uh i think they went to berlin or something something they 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 were they were involved in some you know not small conflict and they were fighting alongside each other but and and madeline usher talks like says that they were all using these uh neo pronouns as children because in addition to ka kakon for children they
1: used uh, va something uh, for
0: t- t- for children. Ta
1: ta t- no, no, no t- yeah right right ta and ta is basic but yeah va va and va is but, for kids something like that
0: right so so there right so there's one that's specific for children and Madeline talks about ah we were all va back then we were all children like which was functionally genderless which is fine i i think there's i think there's some historic precedent for that like that actually makes more sense to me than the gender than 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 gender soldier. Hmm um but uh children gender sure uh but, but, but they, the, they didn't think about
1: but the soldier isn't isn't gender it's it's uh, honorific right like like
0: uh well but but in this instance it is also because because easton is like i'm not man i'm not woman all of these all of these you know assigned female birth people were escaping their womanhood by becoming soldiers so clearly it is gender like they don't use that term but that's the implication
1: well, I, think, I think it's I think it's it can be genderless and let them escape being women rather than I mean, well, I mean but, but I, I think when I think it's interesting that you think when Easton says and then there's me you're saying that Easton is maybe non-binary and that's what they're referring to
0: well I mean yeah that's okay I mean that's literally well being genderless is a form of being non-binary that, that those are not mutually exclusive sure sure uh sure, if if we want to use the term agender, maybe but that's part of it is it's not if 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 we were to describe it as being agender that would be fine the author doesn't make that explicit so we're all kind of grasping at straws here because the language of this fictional country does not line up with the 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 gender language of 2022 right and i think that's kind Um, of smart even though one well one of them is inspiring the other that's which is also the the confusion therein uh, but i'm i don't want to get hung up on this okay, um okay. but the, the the plot hole that i'm uh, figuring out here is that uh where what country do, is the house of usher in oh i have no idea they, i have no idea yeah because because well th- so this is part of the confusion because so, it it's either in Galatia, in which all of these people which ought to know something about Galatia. It's obviously not set in Galatia, because Easton has had to travel Correct. far and wide. But, and, and we've, the other characters, we've got the American who doesn't know anything about anything. We've got Eugenia Potter. She's British. Uh, we have um, Angus, uh, I think his last name is Mackenzie, uh, who's, you know, the most Scottish character imaginable. Aye. <laughs> Aye. I... Uh, And, 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 and Angus McKenzie is like part of Easton's family, basically not blood relative, but was like a manservant Easton's father of some kind, and like helped raise Easton and teach Easton how to shoot and, you know, maybe also had some involvement in the war. And so the, (laughs) I just find it funny that so many of these characters are directly tied to this country of Galatia, including the ushers themselves who must have spent time there m- must have had something some kind of major involvement in and and yet these other ancillary characters in, in this in whatever country that we're in which is a complete mystery but is presumably it, it's presumably not England not Scotland uh it's definitely not America like and it's not Galatia. Uh, <laughs> i think this is not a pl- this, i guess i think this is
1: not a plot hole though it's just somewhere in europe like like i think i i, I well what, but what you the, said. well the plot
0: hole well the plot hole therein is the lack of knowledge of galatians by other parties and also the it, it it's maybe not so plot hole as it just kind of needs explanation i'm not saying it can't be explained but it's so the, the it's so vague that because if you if you took any five real people from europe if, if you took a guy from Barcelona, you took a guy from Austria, you took a guy from, you know, the south of Sweden, like, they're going to know things about each other. Like, not, not like they're going to know each other's blood type or secrets, but they're going to know things about the countries by virtue of history and education and you know anyone in Europe has done some amount of traveling that, you know almost none of them just stay in their own everyone in this book is is a traveler they're all none of them are at home except for the ushers and we don't know where that home is except that we know that they were raised using these Galatian pronouns and presumably have some ties to Galatia itself mm-hmm. this is where the confusion lies to me I well, think I think there's, I think there's, I think there's uh, but,
1: confusion but but I mean it it's just it's just a lack of explanation which i think i think it it works fine here because everybody including angus is is pretty respectful the only person who's kind of idiotic about it if if anybody is is, is denton the american who's uninformed and and um i don't know i it just it didn't bother me to that extent but i but i'm i'm trying to All right. process what you're saying well
0: uh, we well we can move past that so you know cl- clearly you and i don't agree on 90 percent of these things but all right so we're gonna move on well, I, th- I think i think i um, just think i
1: think it moved into fantasy for me at that point and it, and like the uh the locale was supposed to be somewhere slightly undefined it's it's a tarn it's it's a big mansion next to a tarn that's all i need to know right <laughs> tarn 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 it's like okay there's there's a lot of rabbits around they're creepy they are as angus says sure they're not canny that's that's all that's all he says well, I'm like okay.
0: Well, I'll point I'll I'll point out that in the original material, *The Fall of the House of Usher*, we also don't know the country that that takes place in. But the book isn't about nationality. Right. Uh, it's what it is about is something that crosses national boundaries. It it, it is about the idea of a decaying uh, lineage of 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 a noble family that can no longer sustain itself. Mm-hmm. Like that idea exists in many many countries and although clearly the book is inspired by european uh, book it's a short story even though the story is inspired by you know gothic european um ideas it is it is very much about something mm-hmm. i guess the the problem that i'm having is that t kingfisher here is making it about these national identity, like you literally has invented a national identity that is very important to our protagonist spends a whole chapter explaining and explaining, you know, through, through this narrator, uh, our, our narrator has opinions on the British has opinions on the Scottish, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they be good, bad, neutral. So we're, we're bringing something into this material. And so you I just feel like you can't just bring that in without justifying it, without Mm. making it important in some fashion and for the most part, it's neutral. But I there are some parts that I'm like, well, okay, these things don't quite make sense to me. Mm. They feel like they, they feel confusing.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I mean that's interesting. I mean, like I think that I'm not as close a reader as you are. I think I just kind of glide over this stuff. Uh, I just kind of skip like a stone across the surface of the text sometimes. And uh, you know, I think I, I think I think books are generally written more for me than for you, right? I mean, I think that's the, the strangeness of this, that, that I'm coming to realize the way we read. Um,
0: you know what? You, I had a realization while reading this, actually, that a uh, 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 for me, a huge realization. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will probably disagree with this. But I think there's been a major generational shift in authorial voice and writing style mm-hmm. that the, the the people my age who are authors now i don't know how old t kingfisher is so this is probably so maybe that'll i'm assuming
1: kingfisher is closer to my age than yours okay
0: well in that case it's a bad example um <laughs> well well i think i think a lot about the the when i read old books mm-hmm. how they don't the, the you know they sound so different. Not that, not to say they're all well written, but they they clearly have different um, the the language used in description and dialogue is so different than the language that I see, that I've seen in the last 10 15 years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And part of me thought that this must have had to do with the proliferation of YA in in the writing world that YA became huge and and for lack of a better term, sort of the writing style got dumbed down just like across the board that that that's my honest feelings about it. I, which I don't have great justification for. Well,
1: I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't uh. describe it as dumbed down, but I think it's, um, I, well, I, I think, I think every time wants something different from writing. And I think right now, I mean, there are books that are considered literary and experimental and have, have, um, Structures that are difficult to understand require a lot of time to to process. Um, but
0: that well, this is the difference. Though, is I think the books that are are literary that are uh, considered high culture mm-hmm. literary um, today read like YA.
1: Well, I, I think and, I, I, and I, I'm the, I'm not disagreeing with you. I I think they're very direct. I think I think they're very direct, and they just. It's almost like the prose is invisible in a lot of them, except for in moments where it comes into into focus as something that is something that's uh, character based. I think, uh, like, see,
0: well, that's I think that's interesting, because to me, it's it's not invisible. It's it is so it's the opposite of that. It's like Mm. uh, like like a fish doesn't perceive water because it's constantly surrounded by Mm it. But. But I am from outside that ecosystem. Well, I I, I think and... this
1: has to do with the the types of things you prefer to read, and um, you you like, I don't even know how to, explain what I feel like you like now, but I feel like you like things that are, are that feel to me overwritten, and I feel like there's a level of if I wanna if I wanna look at it the opposite way, of things being underwritten these days, um, where it's just it's just very direct and very easy to process once you get into the flow of it. Uh, you can just picture it in your head and then you just kind of like hop along, hop along the narrative. And every once in a while you stop and go, Oh, that was clever. And then you keep hopping along. Like, like that is my experience of this book. Oh, mushrooms. Oh, creepy, creepy hairs. Oh, like a lady who, you know, who, well, but uh, I, I think, I
0: think there's a, there's an inverse idea of, of what what you say that I like things overwritten, but I to me, when I think something is overwritten, it's because it needs to be edited down. It needs chapters ripped out, and it like mm-hmm. you don't mind a book being long. Like I, I, I want the writing to be punchy. I want the word choice to be to be interesting. Yeah, uh, we like. I think it's funny that we would both accuse the other of liking things that are overwritten, <laughs> but we have different. I
1: think, I think. I think. I think. that's totally true. That's totally true. Like, like I think. I, I still find it fascinating that you hate the James Salas uh, detective books and like well i didn't i didn't well, hate it i didn't no, I, I didn't get
0: into it i literally like just didn't get past the first hate chapter hated
1: is not the right word but but like like those books depend so much on word choice like like they are clear so clearly written like every every book salas has written that i've enjoyed feels like it's written by somebody who if if, if he doesn't agonize over every word he he at least is is hyper aware of of the value of word choice and of
0: i also uh i also don't particularly like crime fiction yeah. slash detect police sure you know sure, sure. like i i enjoy it i enjoy a good noir story mm-hmm. um but usually those it it, it all depends mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, may, maybe someday i'll reread that i'll i could try again well well i, I that's but, uh
1: but but i just think i think like see i i think what bothers me more in in modern fiction where i see the influence of ya is i don't like I don't like long novels anymore, per se. Um, I like short, shorter fiction that's more to the point. And this, this, this is great because it's a novella, uh, as defined in today's market. It's like I think it's under 200 pages long. Um, it's very direct. Uh, it's still got a story. It's got characters that I can recognize and do something within my head as I read it. And it's got enough language that that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, I'm on board. I I don't care that it's based on an old Poe short story. That means very little to me. Um, It's got a great cover. It's got a great form factor. It doesn't take up too many pages and I can sink into it. And it like, what, what bothers me about, about short stories these days is I just don't feel like they even qualify as stories most of the time. Um, But novellas are the perfect length for me for what I need out of a story. They have, they have some kind of arc.
0: I would agree with you about I would agree with you about short stories that you know because every year I like to find uh, that anthology the the best American uh, science fiction fantasy, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a great way to examine writing styles over time. Right, mm-hmm. that if you pick up the one from ten years ago and you pick up the one from last year, they're so drastically different in terms of style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I, I, so, I, I used to feel so... like that, but that, now I just
1: get pissed at the editor of, of those anthologies because of what they leave out. Like if they've left out something I I enjoyed that I saw somewhere mm-hmm. else. I mean, I, I much prefer to see what people are valuing online and go find a few of those stories and and read them. But Sure, but, that's fair. But, but, you know, I mean, or I like I like anthologies by different people with a different shot. And I but I still I find myself unable to finish one. I used to just devour short story anthologies um, when I was in my teens and 20s. And uh, it's so funny. It's so funny to even talk about this, because in the last six months, I've suddenly been like, oh, I haven't read short stories in a while. I'm going to gather a bunch of books. and I'm just going to have them sitting, um, you know, upstairs where a lot of my books are that I'm currently reading. And uh, I'm going to work my way through them. And I've only found one short story collection that I'm really interested in reading this year. And uh, it's not the one I would have expected. (laughs) So I don't even know what to what to what to think. You know, I
0: mean, uh, but uh, we didn't we didn't even touch on so my actual uh, revelation that I oh had, sorry sorry yeah yeah, yeah. my my I keep it my unsubstantiated my unsubstantiated revelation is that I've I've been attributing uh, this this shift in of writing over the generations I've been attributing this this change of style that is the zeitgeist of current literature uh, I've been attributing it to YA but I think actually what I should have been attributing it to it, that affects YA and everything else is actually fan fiction. Oh, that's interesting. That online fan fiction. And the reason that this is a revelation to me is because even though I I grew up as, like, sort of the first... I would consider one of the first generations that really grew up with the internet, mm-hmm. and fan fiction was certainly around, but I never interacted with it. Like, I purposefully was... Like, I, I had no interest... I knew lots of friends who were huge into Harry Potter fan fiction or whatever, you know, TV show was popular and, and they were all over those websites. But I to me that that like if I wanted to read Harry Potter, I would just I would just read the books like I don't need more of it from someone else who is not the author. Right.
1: I, I'm, I'm a little confused about what how you think fan fiction influenced the way writing is happening right now. Like, like I don't understand. Like, just tell me about about the influence and why this book made you think about that. Because I think
0: that there it, and 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 this book, i, I I'm not entirely sure what, because when I started reading this book, it represents an interesting writing exercise, which is that we're writing a period piece, right? Mm-hmm. We're writing a period piece based on a, a book that was written, you know, during its own time uh that the the fall of the house of usher you know a story by a famous author that clearly has a a timely writing style uh that can be imitated and 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 then the when you're writing this it becomes a question of are you going to imitate it are you going to try to sound much like Edgar Allan Poe as possible uh are you going to try to sound as of the period are you going to kind of hybridize it are you going to update it for modern audiences you know who are you writing this book for okay and so I, I really was thinking while I was reading this, I was like, "Does this sound like Edgar Allan Poe?" Sometimes it does. Is it, is it better than, worse than, equal to Edgar Allan Poe? I admit, uh, having reread the Fall of the House of Usher, that one is not a good. It's not good Poe. It's, it's a. No, it's not a very good story to begin with. I think, I think there are things that are interesting about it, especially um, because I think there are things that make that story interesting that are not present in this new one. But the the conclusion that I come to is I think this works okay as period uh, fiction, except to me, the dialogue seems very off. Mm. I, I think it, I think it all kind of works except for the dialogue. Um, that's not to say I like
1: it. Uh, I think, I think, or, I think this, or, this reads nothing like period fiction though to me. Like, I mean I mean it, it, it gives the flavor of it without without uh, falling back into its style, which would have annoyed me greatly.
0: Well, clearly, you know we can have our difference of opinion there's nothing well no no i mean it's it's fine i mean
1: to to me that style is so overwrought and everything's over described and there's a there's an emphasis on on different different uses of language that i just find unreadable but but this this is i think like much YA. like like the focus here is on readability even in these weird weirdly uh if i could say gothic descriptions right of everything um and that's probably a misuse of the word Gothic. Uh,
0: yeah, I have a, I have a great book that I would love to to use to pick your brain if I if I didn't hate reading it myself. <laughs> what book is that? Uh, it's uh, Nevada by Imogen
1: Beanie. Binnie? Is it a novel? What is it?
0: Yeah, it's it's for for people who might be in the know or not. Uh, it's it's a novel by a, a trans author that's like kind of infamous in the trans community for relating certain experiences that trans women have and uh like like it's 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 part of the quote-unquote starter pack as a meme like oh you're you're a trans woman c- here read nevada it's N-O-V- like a nov it's like the state n-e-v-a-d-a oh by who uh imogen uh binny i think is. i could be oh, i see it wrong okay. about that All but right. i'm pretty sure All right, and so I bring this up because uh, I think this author, this is an incredibly popular book amongst my demographic, but the writing style to me it makes it unreadable. (laughs) Um, Really, like the like it's. To me, the the way the author is writing it reads like a bu- uh, a Buzzfeed article as a novel, and it makes me want to strangle someone. Like I, it's so infuriating to read.
1: You're not giving a good pitch for this.
0: <laughs> no, uh, well, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I look, I, I don't need other people to to like me or to. Uh, to like this book yeah, yeah. if most people most people i know already like this book and and that's great that's great um i'm i'm expressing my earnest opinions about I it i love it uh anyway so with regard to this book um yeah it just made me think about the the changing of 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 authorial voice mm-hmm. over the years within within my own lifetime and obviously from before you know com- which i think is an impossible it's a it's a it's a comparison that one cannot not make right you sure. have to make this comparison when you are writing a story based on an
1: Edgar Allan poe story sure
0: um anyway let's let's talk about the actual thing so so so, uh, so uh, let's every, just... everything's everything's mushrooms in this book so, Everything so, is so the
1: ushers look like corpses madeline's really sick uh James Denton stands with his legs too wide. Potter is always pot, like pot, Potter. The older woman is, is puttering about looking at mushrooms outside all the time. I don't know that she has a house. Angus, the old Scottish right. guy is in, kind of taken with Potter. Uh, he's the Batman in, the, he's, in he's Easton's Batman. <laughs> Uh, a word that should be used. I think more. you mean Alfred. <laughs> well, no, he's 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 a Batman is like a, a butler, right? Like a oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, so the word Batman is actually used in here. He's, he's Easton's Batman. Angus is. Uh, there's there's a tarn. Oh. Uh, there's some there's some nice moments that set set up things to be a little creepy. These hares are walking around, acting very unhair like. They seem to be in groups. The lake is glowing. Uh, the house looks like it has a bunch of eyes. Half of it's collapsed already. It's not like at one point Roderick even says like, "Oh, the house, you know, should just collapse faster. Like it's too bad the worms haven't eaten through the beams." And hi, soup. How you doing, buddy? That, that, that uh, right?
0: I mean, that, the the house the house being a rotting thing with with a with a creepy uh, metaphorical face that that's true of the original. The, right. That that part is. Uh, and and even the house being held together with with lichen is is part of the original. But um,
1: there's a lot here that that, 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 like, that like like Angus Angus catches a fish. They're trying to get meat for the Eastons, thinking meat will solve the problem. Very very uh, late 1800s to me. Uh, like uh, and Angus goes and catches catches a fish, and it's just full of slime. And there's like a piece of string hanging out of its ass, a slimy piece of string. And and uh, I don't know, like and then Madeline herself is is like covered with fine hair. It's like her hair is very wispy and light and just completely white, but her arms are also covered with fine hair. There's, there's stars in the lake. Like, like it looks like it's reflecting light, but then, then Easton looks up in the dead of night. It's a very still lake looks up and there's no stars in the sky, but there's stars in the lake. Oh, something creepy is clearly going on here. It's nice. I I like the way it's set up. Right. But there's also that, that humor. Uh, Denton, Denton goes out with Easton at one point and he's on a, he's on a gelding and, uh, easton easton in easton's mind says it resembles a piece of overstuffed furniture with ears i love that it just it's very silly and the ultimate horror the, the most horror horrible scene when i was totally on board is when when uh, easton goes to the library and finds that all of the books are moldy and unreadable the horror willow the horror i don't know am i am i going on too long you're like oh you're not saying anything no
0: no it's fine uh, well well there's nothing to interject with I, w- I want to talk about how so in when uh, when we read the final girl support group uh, I complained that the, the book was not Scooby-Doo enough uh-huh. um, in, in that it presented a kind of mystery, but it was one that we the readers couldn't actually interact with in, in such a way that we could reasonably solve it or even Correct. take a reasonable guess as to what would happen. Uh-huh. This book has sort of the opposite problem where the very first thing that happens is a character explains the, the wondrous magics of mushrooms. And then (laughs) uh, we're presented with, Oh, Madeline Usher is sick and she's so sick and we can't do anything about how sick she is. And then like three more times, like, like the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. uh, This woman keeps showing up to talk about how powerful mushrooms are and how they can invade any creature (laughs) and do any number. And so by the second time that happens you're like oh okay so this book is about it's about mushrooms so there's a parasitic there's a parasitic mushroom that's doing everything and you know and and there's a part of me every time this happens there's a part of me inside that's like well maybe it's a red herring maybe they want you to think that so that you'll be lulled into a false sense of knowing what it is and it's actually not mushroom but it's mushrooms everything's mushrooms. right maybe it's a giant so, alien in, in
1: the in the lake
0: we'll see that i mean i <laughs> so yeah so by the end and and he, the part of the book that i actually do like is because it t- i think it. if if they were going to do this we could have skipped this this could have been a little bit more of a neil gaiman short story and you know predicating that we already know what the fall of the house of usher is we could have jumped basically to the end point where uh madeline reveals that yes she has been puppeted by uh, this living fungi that is and she's been dead for a month that she, that she's been dead the whole time well, there's so much there's so the much
1: mushroom... there's so much good between there it's like oh it's i disagree oh, okay.
0: i i i oh well you you enjoy books where people have breakfast and you
1: know <laughs> small talk you take that back take that back lady
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do, do not like you books where it. people
1: have breakfast uh, every book uh, we've ever read has
0: breakfast scenes in it and it's always your favorite part that's the, you like
1: a, that's the most damning thing you've ever said of my taste in books <laughs> I'm gonna go cry to Silver I'm, tonight and be like Silver you know what Willow said to me today she said I like books where people have breakfast <laughs>
0: That's that. I mean, that is honestly my big takeaway from this book: is that they have a lot of breakfast. I'm thinking about every like, time.
1: I'm a... thinking about every time the James Salis crime novels where uh, the the detective Luke Griffith uh, has has Cafe Olay now. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's true. See? It's totally true. You got me. You nailed me. I'm like, I'm, uh, I.
0: That was the one. That was the thing. It's
1: brutality. Um, you just want a book that's all about breakfast. Anyway, oh, I'm stunned. So... I'm sitting here reeling. I can't even. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, no, I think pretty much every, everything because the p- why what well, part of the reason I don't enjoy it is because it sets itself up as a mystery, which I'll point out that the original story is very much not a mystery. Mm-hmm. Like there the, the the narrator is not happy that Roderick and Madeline are doing so poorly, but he doesn't spend the novel, the by which I mean the short story, mm-hmm. like trying to do detective work and failing at it. Beca- and, and so it's very frustrating as a reader and this is maybe a little bit of why i would compare this to YA or fan fiction is because it's like it's i feel like i'm watching an episode of door of the explorer and i'm yelling at the book like it's the fungus like we all know it's the fungus it's been the fungus the whole time and the protagonist is what could it be i don't know it could be anything i guess Some yeah but it's, m-
1: mysterious dizzy but it's realistic they don't know it's the fungus i mean it, it, it's and it's not it's not long enough to need to need to need that huge payoff that you're talking about, where where um, there's a red herring, or whatever. It, it's it's direct. This is why I like novellas. There's just no room for the BS in here. It's yeah. It's, well, it, but this
0: doesn't. This didn't even need to be a novella. This could have been shorter. This uh, I, I, and, and
1: that's I, part of. I disagree. There's all, there's all the stuff where like where like Madeline's dead and Easton's freaked out and then Easton goes down and looks at Madeline's body and sees that her neck's broken and is like now it's like a now it's a murder mystery and she's like who. But 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 we but this is well, but this is exactly the part Houston because like, because
0: I know I know that it's the mushroom I know that like it isn't a murder mystery and, right I'm, and right, right, I'm correct I'm correct in that knowing of it like if I were wrong I would I would stand back and like okay no there was a twist but it's the opposite of a twist if you if it's so obvious I I
1: I I, I am not disagreeing with you and and um, you know I think I think that I think that read of it like is is fine like like that's that's your uh your experience of this but but i want to say that that my read of it was it it moved along and it was true to easton's character enough like in in their point of view that um it didn't it didn't bother me and it didn't it also didn't spend too much time trying to follow that that red herring of like the broken neck um but it did follow it enough to be like oh something weird is happening and that sets up the creepy moment when Uh, They go back downstairs to find the body again with Denton, I think, or maybe Potter. Maybe they're all there, and and the body's gone. And then they find they find uh, Madeline like reanimated by the mushrooms in Roderick's bed, or like sitting on Roderick's bed, like trying to prop up the head, which is a very nice, creepy scene, right? Like like the broken neck has has messed everything up, and it's clearly the the mushroom that's animated uh madeline at that point and madeline even says so i think and and kind of
0: right i'm saying that's the part i like i like the 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 part that is actually creepy where and and i'll i'll give it kudos this is good horror where the monster has taken hold of madeline and madeline's reaction to this is Ah, you should be afraid of me or ah, what a terrible thing. It's creepy because she's into it. She's creep it's creepy because she's like, "Yes, Easton, like you should take the fungus from me now and and yeah, yeah. let the fungus grow and live." And see, that's that's good horror. The fact that she has lost her humanity to it entirely uh and now is is a both a literal puppet and also even even worse than being just a physical vessel for it, but also a mental one. That 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 uh she is so swayed to to this monstrous entity that is that is classic horror i'm into that that's that's well done here and
1: there's a great scene where uh, they get roderick out of that room and lock her in and then it's so clear that it's the tarn or whatever's in the tarn controlling the body of madeline instead of madeline that because when, when it tries to get out it just destroys her body basically right um well and and this
0: is part of the problem to me is that that's basically the only cool scene in the book and i think everything that comes after is boring Mm -hmm. that they don't do anything they don't do like you know they they, there's this build-up of all the rabbits and fish are also infected and being puppeted and you know what i needed was like a zombie horde i
1: needed i was so waiting i was so waiting for the horde of rabbits to come at the end yeah, yeah that would have been that would have been good there was the horde of I, rabbits yes yes I wanted I wanted a exactly. very very python-esque like shootout <laughs> it's um
0: or you know it's because it's clearly like maybe the entire like uh fungal colony in the lake could in the tarn could rise up as one like blob like mass and that would have been fun i would have liked that
1: well and and, Uh, and, and, and i I will say the thing i don't like about this at the end is there's suddenly like so roderick heroically goes in and just sets the whole place on fire he knows he's infected too burns it down and then it burns for a couple days and everybody who's still alive like keeps it keeps people away and then the servants kind of come back and everybody's worried that they're infected, right? Which is a great place to leave it. That's that's the end of the thing, right? The end of John Carpenter's the thing. Like, like is everybody infected? We don't even know. We don't know who's infected. We don't know what. I like that point to end. It well,
0: up. it's it's like that. There's some key differences. Well, there are because
1: um, because they they, they 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 kill the thing in the Tarn with whatever, and then and then they um, they find out they aren't infected, and it's like, well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe you felt like you had to answer all the questions, but. I, I I don't need all the questions answered in the in horror, exactly. You know what I mean? No.
0: And, and, well, and there's a reason why The Thing is one of the greatest, you know, horror movies ever made. Right, that right, it right. has a, a great ending that doesn't answer these questions. Because it is... If I had to summarize this... If we pretended that the original didn't exist, and that's probably the best way to approach this. If we pretend that the Ed Allan Poe story doesn't exist and took this on its own merit... How would we summarize what this book is about? Um because the the mushroom enemy is you know it's impossible to divorce it from from all of our science fiction fantasy monsters because there's a lot, you know, it's very similar to uh invasion of the body snatchers. It's it's similar to any kind of mind control mm-hmm, creature. Mm-hmm. There's we you know just a couple of books ago we read another novella about about body mind controlling fungi oh right right that right. i think was, which i think was inspired by the last of us which in turn is inspired by a real life uh parasitic fungus which probably also served as a major inspiration for this book which is fine it's a cool fungus no one's you know no one owns fungi that, that was the uh, um, the
1: annual migration of clouds i think right that's what you're talking right. about. right
0: and at least at least this one actually sort of presents it in more of a Monster form than than that book did. Um, well, it, at least from a narrative point of view. Well, the thing I like
1: about that that book and the way it handled it is that like nobody's an expert, right? They kind of know where it came from. That you don't know what it's going to do to you. Like if you're infected, you're just infected. Uh, it, but it has some effects on your behavior. It was interesting. Like like this one, uh, it's a little, it's a little too clear and it's a little unclear in certain ways. Like it's it's.
0: But um, if we if we take this if we take this book on its own terms. I think that it telegraphs itself way too much from the very beginning. Hmm. the The mushroom needed to be more of a slow build that you know the the details of which like and and the, I, I've said this before. I think part of the way you do that is you need to throw in some red herrings. Uh, they, there are no red herrings in in this. There are no other likely candidates. That's just part of of mystery writing, I think
1: well, there's the, there's the red hair of the murder, but I, but I agree with you, it doesn't function it doesn't function that way in this story
0: uh oh well and at this point i think it's it's probably fair to talk about so the 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 sort of the other end of the non-binary uh thing coming into it is that madeline whilst controlled by the fungi uh uses the non-binary pronoun va von to refer to this mushroom because it is childlike in its worldly experience right right and and so I got that I was like, oh okay, so that's why that's that's why this ha- why we ex- came up with these neo pronouns, these these uh historical fiction neo pronouns in this book is so that we could describe the mushroom as being neither male nor female that it but it has that same level of personhood. And that's interesting. <laughs> I don't think it warranted all of the exposition that we you say you don't like books that are very explaining but i think this book is extremely explaining about the idea of this fictional country and its soldier cast and uh and i understand that you know you probably read that and thought it, you didn't think of it as explaining you thought of it as interesting and that's well and good um, well, I, but it was extremely explaining i think
1: it's i think it's one percent explaining it's it's very telegraphy i, I agree with you I think uh, I think Potter is probably my least favorite character in this book because uh, right she
0: only exists to explain how mushrooms work to people who wouldn't know right
1: right and like, like like I mean I mean it's fine because because what was the alternative they go to the library and then put it together they go to the library everything's not moldy and they put it together right and you're like well okay like like you get hints from somewhere else I mean this is it 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 it, it works just fine I mean it's it's a shortcut to having a super long book that's. Uh, where the the conclusion is based on you know library science or whatever and and uh, and I mean I I I keep trying to think about your your Scooby Doo kind of <laughs> idea and and you know I think there's I think there's something there's something in this that's enough character based between Easton and Denton and with with Potter being the expert who's just kind of there to to basically be a book a little more than a book um, that th- that makes it function for me at the length that it, that it's it's written at um, it again, it's just bam bam, bam it's it's simple, it's straightforward, everything moves uh, but but I think my favorite kind of books that use that scooby-Doo structure have have more kind of of a witty back and forth and and there is some of that here. and I think there's there's just enough for me here to, to make it work and I think I think, I, I think there is't I'm not
0: saying that it it doesn't have to be scooby-Doo. it could be a lot of things that's just a very easy one. yeah, that's you know to me it just uh if if you look at the the narrative structure of this, to me it feels very. Uh, there's got to be a better word than top heavy, because uh, it's it's all of the good stuff happens well at the end, mm. and you already know it's going to ha- it, it you already know what's going to happen because one you know what the fall of the house of usher is, and two you know that mushrooms are really important. By the second time you talk to Eugenia Potter Potter, and she's still talking about mushrooms. If she were talking about anything else, right. then then maybe you would suspect that it was actually you know, Lyme disease or whatever.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a mosquito. Like that's the, that's the turn. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think this book is going to win all kinds of awards next year. That, that's my prediction. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. Okay. <laughs> Woohoo. All right. Well, Hey, uh, what are we reading next time? <laughs> Uh, the next time we are reading Ringworld by Larry Niven. All right. Very excited about that. Have not read that since I was a kid. And uh, if you want to help us choose our next book, you can reach us at bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. Please suggest something you think Willow would enjoy and tell us why. And uh, if Willow would enjoy it, I'm, I'm betting odds on our that I will enjoy it as well. So uh, maybe we'll pick what you suggest. Thanks for listening, everyone. Keep stabbing.